0: Alright, this is gonna take me down to multiple pages of Oh now nah, it's gonna take me down multiple pages of Good. Uh yeah, alright. So Welcome back to the John Chi show. Oh wow. I don't wanna jump in like that. <laughs>
1: That's no. We can't I don't wanna jump in, like, in that. like that. I was like, I well, thought you were gonna play the music. I don't
0: have intro music.
2: You're listening to The John Chee Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean-American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and
3: KJ.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to The John Cheese Show. You know who it is. It is I, Patrick Armstrong, one of your three co-hosts here with my fellow co-hosts. For the first time in a long time, both KJ and Nathan are joining me in the Zencaster studio today. Fellas, how are you doing? Wow. That is applause worthy. We made it. We're back together again. again. I had to make sure it
0: didn't loop on us. Uh, You've been having a lot
1: of loops going on.
0: I don't no know way. what the deal is. I'm gonna <laughs> pray about it and get back to you. Uh, personally, I'm good. I had my first like weekend of rest. In you got some actual like- rest. Yeah, I uh, didn't have to like work extra on my normal day job or any of my side day jobs. I was like, you know what? I do have some deadlines, but they're not that pressing. Uh, so that was really nice. I feel like a thousand pounds lighter. So that's not a forever situation, but the the end of the tunnel is nigh. So that's exciting. So The
1: end of the tunnel is nigh. I like that. It was good to catch up. I know how that is. Yeah, absolutely. How's Sarah doing? I see her over the uh, (laughs) shoulder there.
0: Sarah over the shoulder is uh, (laughs) running that girl boss game. She's hustling like a champion. She's actually about to give a pitch. On the day you hear this, if you listen to it on release day, she'll be pitching her uh, nutrition Coaching and habit-based coaching to uh, some local moms here in Dallas. Nice, uh, very so, yeah, cool. Real excited for her. I'm actually making her business cards to give out. Sounds like you
3: kind of want to do the pitch right allow. now. Yeah, let's do a pre-pitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> pitch it to us. I don't know, Sarah. Get on the mic. Pitch, pitch your business. Pitch oh, Josh the <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tell me how horrible I'm eating. Come on, do it.
1: Speaking of that, I did just start today. As of this recording, started training for a half marathon. Whoa. like a mini marathon uh, why? thirteen points. <laughs> because my one of my it friends is,
3: it is no by mini far marathon not a mini marathon. Let me just tell you. Um, one <laughs> of my friends messaged
1: me, and he's like, "Hey, do you still run?" And I'm like, like run playing basketball or like lie? run for distance." <laughs> and he's like, distance. <laughs> and uh, apparently he's been training for a marathon here in Indianapolis. and he's, and he's like, "You should run it with me." And he basically just said that in messages about six times and finally broke me down. So wow. I ran. I started today on that. So, so I listeners, might need to hit if up you Sarah want to do anything. How far did <laughs> you run today then? I ran one
0: mile. I'm on an accelerated
1: <laughs> training schedule, so I'll be ramped up. So that is
0: approximately one mile further than I could possibly run.
1: <laughs> it was tough. So. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you, America, and whoever also, else is listening. It, yeah, it was it tough. Like mega... Yeah, Canada and Australia. Yeah, <laughs> I think some South, our, South, top top are, South, South Korea. That's our top three Maybe. countries. Maybe Denmark. <laughs> There's it's, some Spain, too. I saw some Spain yeah, on there. No, I'm saying top three countries. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
3: <laughs> but yeah, no, half marathons are tough. Uh, I've run many 5Ks and 10Ks, and I was like, oh, these are no problem. When I did the, the half marathon, I was... I was exhausted uh, about three miles from the, the finish line.
1: But I don't picture you as a runner. That's, yeah, I'm not, right? that's no critique it's on anything upper, specific. I just so don't see built. you as being a runner.
3: Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah, no, well, I mean, I've played soccer since I was six, so there was a lot of running involved in
1: soccer. Lots of running involved in so
3: football. I definitely can, yes. but I've never done it also for long distance. Ball. Yeah, so this was, I don't know. I don't know why I got on that trend a while back, but uh it was, it was fine and it was fun and now i can say i've done one but i would never do a full marathon
1: so smart um i don't know what are we even gonna what should we even talk about i mean we you have an interview coming up yeah. i haven't i wasn't there for this interview so we should get that out of the way um, <laughs> i and listeners i am going in blind like you are is that no i don't want like that cut that out i'm going in <laughs> with just as little knowledge of the person we're speaking to as you are.
0: He's flying ignorantly <laughs> just like the rest of us. Flying <laughs> ignorantly. Yes, I like
1: that. That sounds much better.
0: Yeah, but like You don't deserve to be in the sky,
3: but he's there anyways. <laughs> I mean, I know we can talk about one thing that may be coming up here uh, in a f- couple months. Oh yeah, we were going to talk about that. <laughs> nah. I forgot. Live I for- right, from man. Dallas. <laughs> we've
0: got KJ, we've got Patrick, we've got Nathan. I need uh, like a, a loud cheering effect. Is that the
1: first time that we've even mentioned where it's going to be at? And that this, we're doing a live show for sure. (laughs) I felt like that was a little fanfare. Because KJ was looking for the fanfare to play behind. And then Patrick went, I forgot. Don't you have the the clapping? I think the the applause. (laughs) Yeah, but it's, that's like nah, a polite. That's like, not like yeah. a cheer. Yeah. You gave
0: a you gave a nice presentation, not like a, and the crowd goes wild. That's very
1: true. It's, it's like, bad. okay, who's next? I'm it's ready like, to get oh, out of this conference.
0: Gentle applause. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like you're at the keynote, st- keynote speaker of like the last main session of a conference. You're like, I get it, but also I just want to go home. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be live. We're going to be in Dallas. Hometown boy. Uh, real, real excited about that. We don't have really any information. Oh, wait, we have a date. Mm. Nathan, when is that? That would happening? be important, yes. That's so the like,
3: most important part. I was going to say the most important part is the location and the date. Uh, you, you we know, have you guys, one of those things. Yeah, so we have <laughs> Dallas and we have October 22nd. So it is going to be that weekend. We are doing what we did last year, which was gathering together with as many people who want to come and just come hang out, come you know, we'll probably have food. We'll probably have the live podcast, which which we did last year. We'll have, you know, just hang out. We'll eat food. We'll drink. We'll just, you know, it's just going to be a good old time. So I really hope to see <laughs> a lot of gonna you. It's just going to be there. a good it's old a good time. good old time. I know that
0: sounded very Dukes of Hazard. I don't know why. But.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do not think that, but okay. This is right. the,
0: the last weekend of the state fair. So if you wanted to go to the state fair of Texas, you could check that out. Uh, but uh, otherwise, yeah. I don't know, just just a thing. Just is a that thing all the details that
1: we have currently?
0: Yeah, that's it. That is. So it. just make your make your yeah. flight plans and we'll get Good our plan. crap together. Hopefully, yeah. chances Hopefully. are, it will be in North Dallas in the yes. like Carrollton area because that's where the Korean ethnoburb is, as I have recently discovered in this book that I'm reading slash listening to called Rise of Pop History of Asian America from the 90s to now. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Very uh, smooth. Yes, I just think it's really it's really cool. Um, I listened to it because I I heard it on another podcast. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I want to pick that up. And then I was listening to them like talk about a thing. It was like the um, Asian American syllabus. It's just kind of like a list of pop culture things that kind of helped bring us to where we are. And I got I was just like so happy to hear everything listed out. And then I also started crying because I was like, man, this is so much about our culture that I just have no point of reference for um being adopted and all that and then i was like you know if this book is gonna make me cry i should probably own it (laughs) in physical form not just digital form um and i'm excited like it's beautifully illustrated and i'm really excited to keep reading slash listening to it and just have it as a reference so anyways i just wanted to give a shout out i mean i think it's a it's a thing about like because asian american is an identity that is so new that like we do have the initial record of when that was it's just like um there is a collectible history and one that we can choose to opt into and i i think going specifically the pop history route is really interesting um because that's like the thing that in some ways affects us the most um so yeah i don't know that's that's just i just want to give a shout out to that book and my journey with it and
1: yeah well it's like definable markers i think pop culture is for yeah. a lot of people for most yeah, you people say this
0: movie came out indiana jones and the temple of dune came out 1982
1: or whatever you said the was. temple of dune no it's a crossover <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um so is it like a written anthology stuff like how is it I've, I've seen the book advertised i don't know a ton about it and you obviously gave a very good summation of it i think just now but i was wondering if you could break it down just a little bit more
0: it's like a collection of essays, a collection of conversations, some artwork, and some things. It's just got like a lot of it. I'm only. It's large. It's like 800 pages, I think. Um, like it is a. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a proper tome. Um, it's like but it's just
1: two pachinkos.
0: That's <laughs> like. Is it really? I don't know. <laughs> It's probably, I was like, I think Pachinko is long. It might only be like one Pachinko. Uh, <laughs> That's very but, true. Uh, no, it's just it's just good. It's really digestible and it's broken out in sections and stuff. And so, yeah, like I said, I've mostly been listening to it, so I can't actually speak to the written portion of it. But I wanted to have, have it written. You can pick it up at Barnes & Noble, which I found out, which is really nice it's in the social sciences section because um, I don't have a cool bookstore <laughs> near me that I can go find one. But, uh,
1: yeah. So you said that part of it, or listening to it, made you cry at certain point. What ha- is there a specific thing, that story from it, that you could pull that you've listened to so far that's really, really resonated with you, or has it been more of a collective just everything upon everything? No,
0: I, it, it was just the... Um... The weight, like the care with which this has been put together, I actually just finished a section on like where they name a bunch of like ethnic enclaves, essentially, whether it's like little Tokyo or little Saigon or Koreatown or Chinatown, whatever, and like where they are in America and like how large they are. And they're like, in the in the spirit of naming places like the Big Apple or whatever, we're going to go ahead and rename these places. So instead of saying like, Little Tokyo, we're going to call it the Big Yosa. Or like instead of, we're you know, Chinatown, we're calling it the Big Bao. Like those kinds of things. Like, I think it's really fun and cute like that. But it's just like the weight of these collections. Like this one, really, it was like, like the Temple of Doom got a shout out. 16 Candles got a shout out. A Silent Film got a shout out. Some Music got a shout out. You know, whatever. Yoko Ono got shout outs. Like, in this like kind of Asian American syllabus, and like the weight of it, I was like, wow, there is so much that I don't know about our people's history. Um, and so just like feeling some of that, but then also like, I would like, I flipped through it once I bought it and I was like, oh, there's that song. Don't sit next to me just because I'm Asian by the Bruce Lee band. I was like, Hey, I made a cover of that song. And so there's like little bits and pieces where like I know I had interacted with broader Asian American culture, but then to see like so much that I just had not even like to call it the tip of the iceberg would do a disservice to how large everything else was. You know what I mean? And just like, and how little I had really touched. And so that was just like, just mind blowing to me. Um, And it was kind of that weight that was like, that impressed upon me like what I've missed out and it made me excited to learn, but also just like to mourn for what I had not experienced, you know?
1: that descriptor of like you're uncovering like you're here and you're uncovering like this thing that you did that connected you with asian america or culture but really there is so much more around you that is just like just out of view just out of the periphery just makes me think of the fog that we talk about as adoptees Mm -hmm. and like what we don't see well what we we can experience a lot of things and and understand them very individually but then there's so much just right outside of our view that we're missing and I don't really I don't know I've, I've been trying to move away from that specific language but you're trying to move away from fog language yeah I think that I don't know and this my this is probably a topic for another conversation another episode but, Spoiler um, for the future but uh, the future. yeah that's I think that that's I don't know I think what I learned kind of a little bit of the origins of like coming out of the fog being Nancy Verrier coined coin termed from the primal wound, and she is a white adoptive parent. And while I would not dissuade anyone from reading that book or connecting with the work that she's done, I think in the spirit of reclamation and trying to find my way to language that's was created by us, or at least, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I guess created or coined uh, on our part because I feel like it just attaches us to that. And maybe not us, but to me, like for me, it feels like I'm attached to this thing that I don't necessarily want influencing or dictating my language, even though it's not necessarily I'm the one that chooses to use what I do and not and what I choose not to. Yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of, again, I think I would need a little bit longer to talk about it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you can
3: use what Sinead said. You're jumping out of the airplane,
1: jumping out of the airplane. <laughs> I did like that one. She spo- <laughs> she spoke it much more eloquently than I. You sure, that so. was, I was <laughs> good. <laughs> we just remember the broad strokes. Yeah. The broad strokes. Yeah. Well, I was
3: going to say is KJ kind of what, along with what Patrick just said too, is the the fact that you're exploring those little you know tidbits of information, and it makes you want to learn all the more things around you and around that subject. to Kind of like. What we've said, you know, with our adoptions and stuff, where it's like going down the rabbit hole of learning more each time you learn a little bit more and then just keeps going and going and going. So, um, so that's, I'm sure, you know, really cool that you have found that book. And, and, you know, sometimes I wish I had more time to read.
1: <laughs> he said there's pictures yeah. in there.
3: Oh, there's pictures. <laughs> good. Give it to me. Oh, yeah. It's sorry. It was that was weird. rude. Is, there, that a, was rude uh, is there a movie coming out soon? Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, is it, does it seem. Like it could be, it's ripe for adaptation. Or do you think that it's not something? Oh. It's not, it's it's not, it's like,
0: it's like high quality. It's like somewhere between like an op ed and just like high quality BuzzFeed listicles. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, So it's like, I don't know. Like it's just really. Yeah, it's more like how. Asian America reacted to certain things because I haven't even gotten really to the 90s. So it's more mm. just like, oh, you know, 16 candles, long duck dong, and like how we all felt about this character or like short round or those kinds mm-hmm. of, you know, those things are like, oh man, I love like the san francisco chinatown which i think that's one that they call like the big bow and so like how do we like call that what's come out of that you know like it's very much in the i'm i'm really just in the beginning of it um but for me like it's a whole list of like oh here's a book that i could read here's a musician i could listen to here's a movie i could watch here's like all these things that i'm like oh this is so like here's a like i could literally make a playlist of like great asian american artists and music to come out before the '80s, you know, um, and just things like that, which I think is is really cool. So yeah, I don't know. Like it's just it's just really exciting.
1: Well, why don't you go ahead and make that playlist and send me the link?
0: Yeah, I definitely will. And then send uh, me the if book. All, <laughs> and then send you the book. Uh, I mean, if you send it back, I send it to you. Uh, no, it's can't fine. promise that. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Uh, well, yeah. So I just I think it's it really does to me feel like a a love letter. Um, to Asian America and it's like it's so exciting for me to have this and to be like like feel like I'm falling in love with my people as I'm learning my history and knowing that my people and my history includes the diaspora of Asian America and specifically highlights like the problem and the like weird juxtaposition of um, Asian American and Pacific Islander. And they have like mm. a lot of like native voices, you know, like that it just really wrestles with where are we as Asian Americans, as Pacific Island Americans, as you know, all of just broadly Americans from like the Asian continent um, in a way that is just really exciting to me. Um, and it just helped me, be more comfortable with my own skin, reclaim some of that identity, get over some of that imposter syndrome, whatever, specifically in that space, um, which I think is a lot of what we talk about with Paul in just terms of like he grew up in an Italian family, but has learned to fall in love with his Koreanness, his adoptedness. Um, and so that's what the interview is that we're going to throw to here right now. Um, but yeah, like, like we said at the top, Patrick isn't here for that. So this is the last time you'll hear Patrick's <laughs> voice. I here. did
1: mention that so, 17 minutes ago. <laughs>
0: don't uh, don't forget about it. And uh, here's our interview with Paul Digilio. Okay, bye. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. Uh, we are back in the saddle with an interview it has been a couple of episodes since we've had the privilege of doing that and with us today is the one and only paul digilio (laughs) paul how are you doing i'm doing great thanks for asking thanks for having me yeah thanks for coming in so excited to have you on the show um, like I said, it's been a while since we've had an interview. And I was just like, Nathan, we really need a guest. <laughs> we uh, we got to make that happen. So thanks for jumping in and uh, for filling out the form. Let's kick this off the way we kick off all of our interviews. Um, would you tell us in as many or as few words as you want your adoption story?
2: Sure. So four years old, was adopted um, from Mokpo. And um, I guess I was only in the orphanage for maybe like a month. I like to brag about that. I was selected kind of quick. <laughs> um you know, like that's something my parents would say to me, is like, you know, most parents just have to deal with the kids that they get. We chose you, you know, like so that's that's something because I grew up in a very non diverse um area in in um northwest Jersey. And um, you know, that it was kinda wild what our family did. We also they also adopted me a younger brother and sister when I was seven from India. Um, Mm. so my dad was Italian. My mom was part Swedish. Our, our family was kind of like coined the league of nations in our town. (laughs) And I was one of, I think I was the only Korean, um, and maybe one of like three or four Asian kids in our school. And that includes what everybody considers Asian. I think, you know, Mm. like an Indian, um, maybe a Japanese, I think, and she was only like half Japanese. Um, so non-diverse, and I just grew up in and I grew up Italian, you know, and that's how I kind of identified most of my life was Italian. And as a child and even through high school, when people were asking me, like, am I interested in learning about Korea or anything like that? I was like, why would I be? I'm, not, I'm Italian. You know, and that's yeah. just kind of like how I identified. Um, it wasn't until way after college that. I started just questioning. My parents were, had always been supportive. Like, if you want to learn, you know, we're, we'll support you. And if you want to find out information. Um, and then it was end of 2019. I wanted to plan a trip to Korea. Um, stop me if I'm going too far into this, you know. No, man, this is your story,
0: your time. You
2: you do it. So it was 2019. And my dad actually, through his company, um, he works for a graphite company. And he was in charge of like the Asian sector. So he had been to Korea, Japan, China multiple times.
0: <laughs> when you said the Asian sector, I was like, do you mean like the Asian employees, not like the Asian part of the world? <laughs> I was like, that feels wrong, like less than good. And
3: <laughs> you'll be sitting over here in the Asian sector. Yeah, I'd be like, like over here, wow, but-
2: yikes. <laughs> So we were planning this trip and um I was also trying to connect with Holt to figure out you know what I need to go through to find out information about my um birth mother who that's that's the only thing that they had information on my birth father he kind of ghosted my mom what happened was my mom was married to a man and they had four girls and a boy and he died
0: Your she got birth with mother right my birth mother yep okay she,
2: she was married to a man and they they had originally had four girls and a boy. He died and she got with another man and then had me. And then he according to the records covered up his tracks, which is kind of like the American standard for he ghosted her. Um so now with like six kids, single mother, you know, not not looking good for her financially. She wasn't financially well off. So I think that's that's why I got put up for adoption and looking back into it you know, you have to, they have to like reach out tactfully because they don't know what her story is right now. She probably got resituated with somebody and didn't mention me because I was pretty illegitimate. Um, And if they uncover too many, like if they interfere with her life too much, then it, it could impact her. So it was like, yeah. we have to be very tactful. We have to be very slow about it. The progress will not be what you think. And meanwhile, we, my dad and I were playing this trip. Um, and what we were going to do is go to Korea for two weeks. I was going to be there for two weeks. He was going to be with me for the first week and we're going to bounce around to the different contacts that he had that were like super pumped to have me come visit. They're all like, I was going to spend a night at this family, this family, this family. And then after a week, he was going to go to Japan. And then I was going to go to Makpo, which where I was born and I was going to spend that week by myself just, you know, for myself to reflect and just take it in. Um, and then obviously 2020 COVID hit. And that shot and leading up to it, I had started learning Korean using a couple apps. I hadn't made too much progress. I I ended up just watching Train to Busan like 20 times and (laughs) trying to like just memorize. (laughs) Like I would watch it with the captions off and see if I could just remember what was going on. But and then after 2020 COVID hit, we just that stopped. But however, recently I've been trying to get more into um, getting back in like just... um, back in with the Korean culture, learning about it. Um, I volunteered at a Philly event, put me in touch with a couple of people. And one of the people that I spoke with talked about the John show. And that's when I started listening. And that's when I started, you know, did the whole, um, did the whole form. And meanwhile, I'm also meeting other Korean adoptees at the time. And I didn't realize there was a term for it, like CADS. And that term doesn't really, really line up. Um, what is that? Uh, acronym style, it's like Korean adoptees, right? It should yeah. be like, CA. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: but then in I think Philly, that's we, have, the D. <laughs> we have, we <laughs> have, we have caps, which does kind of Korean American adoptees of Philadelphia. And I didn't oh. even know that was a thing. And now I'm, I'm, I've connected and we had a dinner the other day and it was like five of us, five adoptees with five different stories. And it was, it was weird. One, it was the first time in my entire life that I've not been a minority in a social gathering which was kind of wild and <laughs> and even on to the next level not just being korean all all of us being adopted koreans it was interesting right it was you yeah. know
3: it's definitely a surreal feeling when the first time that happens and and uh any more than even one person sometimes is is you know kind of mind-boggling where you're like talking to somebody about uh your adoption and in general but then when you get five people ten people you know 200 people in a room it's like yeah, each time it's like a different degree of of, uh, of kind of mind-boggling uh, mm-hmm.
0: um, Well, especially yeah, like when you're reflection. in a situation where you are saying th- things and you're like, oh, yeah, so when you're adopted and everybody's like, no, we get it. Like even <laughs> if you like don't, you're like, oh, yeah, like just I say a thing <laughs> yeah. and expect a follow-up question and instead it's just vigorous head nods because everyone gets it. You're like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a, that's a new feeling. So
3: it's kind of good when yeah, that, cool. that happens too when you don't have to explain yeah. Thanks so much for sharing all that. Um, going back a little bit, you, you said that in 2014 is when you decided to, to go to Korea and uh, do some research with, with your dad. Uh, was there any time before that, that you were interested or?
2: No, that was 2019 was when I started getting interested. Um, before that, no, I really have not had any interest. Um, and I visited a lot of other countries for, um, for sports when I was younger. Um, but I really just did not have an interest in going to Korea. I, did, you know, I felt like that country holds nothing for me. I was kind of, I, I, I want to say angry, but not trying to admit like I was angry. I was trying to like outwardly be like, no, I'm fine with it. You no, know, I'm, I'm good. Um, and people knew not to press me on that kind of thing. Like, cause I just, you know, was like, oh, you know, I don't need to talk about this, you know, like. None of you, like none of my friend group, I have any friends that were adopted. And it was like, it was just one of those things where we didn't really discuss it. I didn't, I didn't want to bring it up. Um, But now it's like one of the things that I'll say first. Yep, I'm Paul, I'm adopted, I'm from South Korea.
3: <laughs> what about with your siblings? Did you ever talk to them about their Indian heritage or, or just you know, their
2: adoption? This what I was talking with um my school today about it. this came up and I wish I did. Um but it was the same for them. They they were adopted a little bit younger than I was. Um, and they came from a much more, they were found like on the street in like just in famine. Um, and they had, you know, like illnesses and things like that. They weren't, you know, I, I was in an orphanage, I had reports, they were just kind of like found. And um, it was weird. My My parents were originally gonna adopt an older sister from India but something happened where that arrangement didn't work but they only wanted to adopt one however when they found out about my brother and sister they they did not have the heart to split them up they and the orphanage was completely like you can just take one you know you can take the boy or the girl whatever they're like if you're going to take one go ahead cuz they already i mean they had a great track record cuz they already had me for 3 years and i was healthy and being very successful. Um, but my parents are like, No, we can't do that. So they ended up adopting both of them. Um, I wasn't very close with them um, growing up just because at the age, friend circle, busy, I was pretty busy. And um, I since I didn't really identify as being Korean, um, they didn't identify as being Indian. And my parents, it's not like they were pushing us one way or the other. They were just trying to raise us the best that they they knew how. Um, So we didn't really dive too much, too into it besides cuisine. My mom did learn how to cook some Indian. um, And she did learn how to cook some Asian cuisine, not Korean, but other Asian cuisines.
0: Yeah, right on. It sounded like your your adopted siblings who are biological to each other, right? Yes. Uh, Were adopted when you were like seven. Is that math check out? Yep. Yep. So yeah, so that could, I mean, depending, that could almost be like a whole generation different, just yeah. depending on how that all shakes out. So also, it's weird. I don't know, like I don't know, Nathan, if you're like this, but I've never been to to my adopted sister. Be like, so um, adoption, what up with that? <laughs> like that's <laughs> I feel like it's a hard a hard thing to jump into. No, I definitely haven't. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know. It's just a weird. It's a weird question, Paul. I'm I'm curious. What was the jump for you? Uh, and maybe you're, I'm sure you're still kind of jumping through this, but what was the, the main point when you shifted from like just feeling Italian, feeling like a part of like the, like an Italian family or whatever, into accepting your Koreanness and moving into like, no, I think this actually is a thing that I want to explore, even if I am still pretty angry at Korea, the nation.
2: So I, I guess it wasn't, I don't, I, when I was younger, I was angry. I just started getting older. The anger just turned into like an indifference. Not that mm. I was, you know, like I rooted for South Korea in Olympics, in in soccer, <laughs> World Cup. Like I'll yeah. root for them, you know, for for the different sports. Um, I do archery, and South and South Korea is very um passionate about archery. I've been in education for a while, and I have been teaching in inner city Philadelphia, and primarily um, black students. And I've been learning a lot about black culture. Um, we try to incorporate that into the curriculum. One of the things we even did, like my third year teaching there, we did a Chinese language exchange program. And the CEO worked out this grant. I helped I helped get it where we got like $100,000 to put TVs in all the classrooms, set up a, a classroom in China where our kids were going to learn from a Chinese teacher. They wanted me to run it like to be the liaison, to interact with the Chinese, like keep the kids listening in Philly, like keep them managed while the Chinese teacher is teaching and then match them up with pen pals and just be the liaison to grow the program. And I did, we grew it into a pretty nice, we did it for like four or five years, but like I was being labeled as like the Chinese teacher. And it's like, (laughs) technically that wasn't wrong because I was helping
0: Teach this Chinese
2: exchange? <laughs> but you're like, you Do
0: you not see the optics of this? Like, come on, now. I wasn't
2: yeah. teaching Chinese myself. I was just helping yeah, and yeah, reinforcing. Yeah. But then, like, you know, I'm learning all about Chinese culture. I'm learning all about African American culture, and I'm and I'm you know, I'm really diving deep, and I'm creating these activities. And meanwhile, I'm over here, it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, why aren't you starting to learn about your own culture? Like. I don't hate Korean culture. I just became indifferent to it at that time. So it was like, so I was like, you know what, let's shift. You know, let's have a shift here and let's start seeing, you know, what can I start learning about? What can I introduce about myself to my students first, then to the teachers, and then on a bigger scale, how can we start doing more for, um, in May, I was gonna start small, just do some things for Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month and just start growing it. But I just realized like, I didn't know a lot. (laughs) So I was like, I need to start learning. So I reached out to my dad, um, reached out to a couple contacts I knew as well, and just started getting more interested. And first it was through food. I love cooking. I love food. I'm Italian. So I had to learn how to cook Um, and just learning how to cook Korean cuisine and just learning things like I only knew in the past, like, I want to say five, six years that all Korean households use scissors. You know, like that's like a (laughs) a essential item in the Korean kitchen. I was like, and it's like it's so useful. Like they're useful for everything. (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing I didn't know is that they
3: handles too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That um, Koreans use metal chopsticks over whatever other choices. You know, and I was out at an H Mart with one of my friends who's white, but he's been to both North and South Korea, like. For recreation, Um, and we were at H Mart, and I chose wooden chopsticks, and he chose metal. We're eating. He goes, "No self-respecting Korean would choose wooden chops over metal." I was like, (laughs) and I was like, "Well, that's that's fine because I'm Italian." So, (laughs) (laughs) but then. Later on, I was like, all right, I need to buy myself some metal chopsticks. Uh,
0: <laughs> you're like, that's fine. I'm Italian. Also, I'm going to get metal chopsticks while well, you're not looking. Yeah. It's fine.
3: <laughs> At the very beginning of the podcast, when we started this, I actually sent KJ and Patrick both the metal chopsticks. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't know if they had them. And I, I think because uh, I, I was close to an H Mart. Little did I know they were actually fairly close to H Marts as well. but. Well, I was not at the time, but at the time, oh yeah, that was in Dallas when you got, I just have,
0: I already had metal chopsticks and spades from my own (laughs) excursion to Korea, which I don't know. I mean, personally, they're like, they feel, they feel like nice silverware, like they have like a little flower on them and came in like a red velvet case. They're probably just like, whatever, (laughs) silverware, chopsticks Mm -hmm. and spoons, but like, they're very special to me. So, but I also appreciate the extra metal chopsticks.
2: On with the cooking. That's when I first found out about H Mart too. Like we oh, didn't, yeah. we don't have nice. H-marts in my hometown. I I'm, I come from like a red county and, you know, pretty conservative town, like small, rural, just farming town. Um, We don't have H-marts. And once I came to school in Philly and I stayed here, started getting into Korean cooking, people were saying, well, have you been to H-mart, H-mart, H-mart? I didn't know. And then I went. The first time I go, a Korean employee comes up and starts talking to me in Korean. I don't know any Korean except like Jeep home, Amanaba, like a couple things. And so I was like, I don't, sorry, I don't speak Korean. She then yelled over to another associate, uh, another woman across the, it's something like in Korean. And she started like laughing. Then the other one started laughing and they just started talking back and forth. And one of them was like pointing at me. I'm like, oh, this, no, no, it's <laughs> not, so, so I, I got myself got out, and I said, anytime we go back there, they start, I'm just gonna nod my head, like make some grunts and like point, like I'm going over there. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. so like, like that was that was it. Uh-huh. I need to start learning some Korean. Oh no,
3: so you never Ooh. found out what they
0: said when they no. were asking. Oh no. no, man. And he never went so, back to H Mart again. Yeah, never again.
3: No. Yikes. So when you started the cooking, what what was your what did you dive into first? What did you want to learn about Korean uh, food first?
2: Okay, so I mean the. It's crazy. What actually got me into wanting to learn about Korean cuisine was um I saw like some on the internet, like some posts about um Army Stew. Like, have, mm-hmm. like, you obviously you guys know what Army Stew is. I do not know what that is. It's like a hodgepodge of just like sausage, hot dogs, ramen... Um, sh- like the, what's the little mushrooms called? The skinny mushrooms.
3: The oyster mushrooms.
2: Yep. The oyster mushrooms and cheese and, and baked beans. And you just <laughs> put it into this big, like crock pot and it what? sounds awful, <laughs> yeah. yes. but it's actually really good.
0: Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Then it, <laughs> but then uh,
2: yeah. that got me into, um, Korean, oh,
0: yeah. chige. Korean chili.
2: <laughs> Kimchi chili. That's what I actually, yeah. um, oh, yeah. learned next. Oh, yeah. And I, and I experimented with it. My parents are vegetarian. So when they came and I was cooking for them, I I had to make it strictly with the tofu and just added some other vegetables. I had like some eggplant in there as well. Um, but for myself, I've done, you know, pork, traditional beef, chicken, I've done it. And then also learning how to make, um, the scallion pancakes and the seafood, not the seafood, the birthday soup, the seaweed. Oh yeah. 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 Uh The next thing I wanna learn is I wanna learn how to start making the um
0: the I knife cut noodles. Oh Whoa. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Like fresh ones. I, yeah. I know what you're talking from reading it. <laughs> I don't know again, I don't know that I've had it, but okay. I just also side note, I looked up a picture of Army Stew. The picture looks good, but the hot dogs, I'm just like, what? <laughs> what are you doing in there? So oh no. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> hey.
3: So then my follow up question Paul, on on the foods. Did you eat any Korean food prior to when you started getting into this? I mean, you might've gone to a few restaurants here and there. Um, And then if so, did, has anything ever felt familiar to you? Has anything ever brought back any feeling? Because you said you were adopted when you were four. So I think, you know, there's, I I know some people that say they remember some stuff when they were four, but I was just curious
2: if you did. So the number one thing um, when I came over, this is kind of a weird thing. At that time, they didn't have the money to have like people travel with the kids. So I actually someone met, brought me to the airport, made sure I got on the plane, and then someone was waiting for me when I got. But no actual adult was like actually supervising me on the plane. So they ended up giving me a whole bunch of snacks, like just so like I would just like eat and <laughs> fall asleep, eat and fall asleep. So I ended up having like this big bag of um. Uh, shrimp toast um, chips. And yeah. that's that's something like I do remember this bag of shrimp cho- chips that I was chomping on the plane. And that's <laughs> oh, something shoot. that Shout I out. do get
1: nice. now.
2: But I, I have to be wary about because if I grab one of those bags, I can be done with that bag.
0: <laughs> oh, like, yeah, for sure.
2: It's like a thing <laughs> yep. of Pringles for me. Like I can yeah. eat a thing of Pringles without even blinking twice and yeah, shrimp that shrimp
0: toast
2: <laughs> any chips that you get from like like their honey type chips and like the sesame even like the, the even like the seafood chips that they i've gotten them on they're like i i house them
0: but i mean the only ones that i don't like are the, the the peanut butter squid balls there's something about them that i'm i can't do those but every, every other yet. seafood chip i'm like yeah those are good <laughs>
2: Alright, well I'm gonna have to try the squid balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. That's, I don't like I don't like peanut butter awful. that much. <laughs> it
0: sounds like army it's, stew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh yeah, I just I don't like peanut butter that much. So I wonder if it's just a particular combination of like that like classic seafood flavor smell and then peanut butter smell. And I'm like, nah, this <laughs> isn't for me.
2: <laughs> I mean, those aren't two things that you would traditionally want to put together. <laughs> yeah. Like food-wise. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So tell me how did you get involved with the Korean American Association of Greater Philadelphia?
2: So that was through so Instagram, they had this post for Korea in Philadelphia and they were like volunteers wanted, click on this link. Um the day that they were uh, they're doing it, I was free and so I responded and said, and I did their whole form and um I showed up the day before and there's just Two women just running around scrambling. And I was like, I I signed the form. They said show up at this time. What am I? They're just like, can you help us over here? Can you help us over here? Can you help us over here? It was those two women
0: from H Mart.
2: No. (laughs) 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 And I was just like, yeah, is there like, is there a list of things? Instead, you just tell me like. Know to help rent, and they're like, "If you know anything about Koreans, we don't plan ahead. We do everything kind (laughs) of last minute." I was like, "All right, well, I guess, I guess I'm not Korean then." Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: We Italians are very prepared.
2: (laughs) So, then that was Friday, and then I think Saturday was the actual event, and I went and I helped out. I did like all every job you could think of at that thing. I did. I was setting up things. I was selling shirts. I was like babysitting like high school volunteers. I was doing all these different things, and but then it connected me with a couple other people that were a part of churches, part of the great um the CAP, KA, yeah, Korean American of um Greater Philadelphia. And that's what got me like hooked in. I met um the mayor of a town, I met some realtors, I met some church um ministers, like so that's what really got me connected. And a few of those the people that I met there, we've now consistently kept in touch, and you know we've been expanding, um, just each other to different experiences and networking yeah. with different people as well.
3: That's cool, great. I just thought of after you said CAP, I was thinking you know CAD could technically be the Korean adoptees of Denver, so I sh- maybe I should start that
0: <laughs> <laughs> CAD, CADs,
3: Cad-Cad. CAD, 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 two Ds, KADD, <laughs> uh, okay, cool. I'm square. gonna do that.
0: I'm starting that. Hashtag corned
3: queen It's mine.
0: <laughs> Dibs, amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so what's the where are you at now with your Korean identity and your like adoptee? It sounds like you've really kind of leaned into the Koreanness of it, and in doing so, been like, yeah, I'm adopted from Korea. Like the adopt adoption tag kind of like helps you kind of lean into your Koreanness. Is that right? I mean, how yeah. how is that balancing out now?
2: So I recently put back in to um, go through the whole adoption um, trip to Korea, and I'm gonna see like what how that's gonna pan out. If next year when they do it, you know, if I will get selected, you know, if I can go through the process. Um, and I'm I'm just gonna keep doing it at a pace that's not just like overwhelming. But right now, I've I've made a couple like very solid friends. Um, some that aren't adopted, but are Korean and, you know, practice a pretty traditional Korean culture, some that are adopted and practice Korean culture, and then some that are adopted that don't do anything related to Korean culture, but are trying to learn just like me. So it's like, it's like a nice little network of people that, um, we, you know, I've started to form, you know, like I'm going to a church. I've never gone to church my entire life. And now I go to a Korean church. And you know I'm going to services, and I'm I've been hit like going through a couple community community events. Do they have Um, lunch
0: in the basement after the service?
2: (laughs) You know I don't. I normally I normally roll out kind of quick, but I don't think they do. Community nights they they do food on community nights. Um, You know if you pay like ten bucks or fifteen bucks, they will bring like um, banh mi's or banh like whatever. Um, But. I'm just gonna go at a pace where I keep growing in it, keep learning in it. I'm eventually I'm gonna um, plan a trip back to Korea. It's gonna happen within the next year or two. it's that's gonna be definite. Um now that I've met so many people that have been there and were adopted and don't speak Korean, like that was my biggest barrier is like how am I gonna go to this country and I can't talk? Like what if I go there? And I literally find my mom and I can't talk to her because I don't like she doesn't know English. I don't speak Korean and everything has to go through translator, um, which which is fine. I know a lot of people have to do that. But for me personally, like I would like to be able to communicate a little bit, you know, and just know, know my way around. Um, that's going to happen in the next year or two. I'm definitely playing a trip there, whether it's through Holt or not. I'll go. My dad and I will go. You know, and we'll, we'll make that happen. I'm just going to keep trying to, um, you know, I'm still in education. So I'm going to keep raising more awareness through the platform of education. I'm a level three certified um, NTS archery instructor, and I'm getting into um, junior Olympic athletic development and archery. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys follow archery, but the number one guy in archery is Kissick Lee, and he was born in Seoul. And he's the, um, the trainer for the U S national team. So, you know, Korea has a strong tie to archery. So I'm just going to keep trying to really embrace the culture, learn more about it. Um, but not have it, you no, know, not feel like not be overwhelmed by it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that you're going at your own pace. I think it's so smart. Yeah. And sometimes like, I mean, probably <laughs> between me and Nathan and Patrick, who isn't, I don't, been, whatever isn't available to be with us tonight. Um, I think we've probably all been like, "Oh, Koreanness and like tried to just drink from the fire hose that is the culture. and but I, it sounds like you're like, nah, I'm okay just getting a glass of water. <laughs> like, that's fine. I don't need the fire hose experience. Yeah, I met some really
2: good people at this last event, and I had not known any Korean people leading up to that, you know, so it's like all my friends are either white, black, Indian a mixture of other like co- combinations you know like they don't they don't put it one label uh multiracial um mm-hmm. so like at this event I, I was immersed it was koreans everywhere like <laughs> i like korean kids just running around running like left and right <laughs> around me like playing games and like kicking around soccer ball throwing a frisbee i was like oh yeah koreans Korean people exist, like here, like <laughs> we're here. We did this it. Cool, like like I'm I'm like average. I'm like above average height at this event. Like, <laughs> like this is pretty pretty wild. But the problem is, a lot of them were trying to talk to me in Korean at this event, and yeah. when I didn't speak it, they all kind of like they all had a little like diminished look to them. Like, how come you don't speak Korean? Like what? <laughs> yeah. you know, what's going on here? yeah
3: that has to be one of the one of the biggest barriers i think for a lot of us i i personally when i went to korea and met my biological family i i i I, that's one thing i felt was that i wish i had known more korean at the time Uh, i knew i would never be able to conversation conversational korean but i knew that at least i had said a few words here and there would have been good um i had to translate the entire time through an app and the app translated back and forth and that was it Um, But when I had a translator, an actual person translating with us, I really felt that was very beneficial. Um, It was just great to have more of a conversation that was, I want to say, more accurate than the app, because as you know, the Google Translate or uh, Papago or any of those those apps are just not as accurate. So having an actual person uh, uh, was amazing. It was, um, I learned so much more in a shorter period of time. And, you know, I felt uh, good. So yeah, if, if that's the last resort, you know, definitely take it. Cause I think, uh, yeah, I was, I was happy to get as much information as I did that way.
2: Real quick on that, just because I'm really trying to catch up, you know, on the podcast. But my problem is with my work schedule, I really only listen to podcasts when I drive. <laughs> and, um, oh, my, you don't just my like commute into
0: school, <laughs> <laughs>
2: my commute is like, 15 minutes so it's like I catch like <laughs> a beginning one and then on the way home I try to f- wrap it up now there's been some nights that you know I've listened um, it, Nathan what do you have a spit do you know what number podcast you talk about your trip and um, back and meeting your birth parents hmm well the Probably first episode, one, episode one, right
3: yeah it was might have been episode one so if you go all the way oh, back wow. episode one is is uh, um where both KJ and Patrick interview me and I go into my story a little bit. Um, there's a lot more though on my Instagram. So okay, um, all right, yeah. If you're if you're interested in hearing more, and or just you know, reach out to me, and I definitely can talk a little bit more about what I did there. <laughs> like, or helps. we
0: could just be friends in real life. That's yeah. fine. You don't you have just, to listen to the podcast. <laughs> you don't have to listen to my podcast. I
3: can give you a lot more information than an hour on the <laughs> podcast.
2: You know the the social media game is something that like for me it, it was it was slow to get into. And like, I went to one of these, um, at the first dinner that we were at, one of the women that was there, one of the cats that was there, um, that's the first thing she did. What's your Instagram to everybody? Mm-hmm. What's your cell phone number? I'd never even met this girl. Now she's asking me for my like cell phone number and my Instagram and all this <laughs> stuff. I'm just like, why am I giving you my personal? I don't even know you. <laughs> Suddenly like she's created a group chat. Suddenly she's like, she's requested to follow you. And like, I'm supposed to do that, but um, I'm trying to catch up. So I will, I have it on my plan to follow all of you guys on Instagram and do that. I followed you on this I I watch, I listen on Amazon music and I gave you guys like, um, whatever good ratings I could on like iTunes app. And stuff. Aww. I'm catching up. I was slow. I like did, you, none sir. of this none of this happened until like <laughs> like yesterday. <He's
0: laughs> I've like, been I listening. could only drink so much water, okay? And this <laughs> podcast was very new to the water table. <laughs> I'll buy some merch soon. Um I'll catch up.
2: <laughs> but I'm interested in hearing about that story, man. Uh that one of the people that I met, she went back and met her birth father. Um, staying in Korea. I think you're gonna interview her soon. Um, she's the mayor of Royersford
0: um yeah! Yep,
2: yep. Her what? and I become close friends, and that's awesome. Um, and the crazy thing is, she was born in Po, just like I was. Mm. She's a Kim just like I was. So, I, like, I need to do that twenty three and Me to figure out if <laughs> we're related. Like, can
0: we go in on this? <laughs> Are we siblings? That'd yeah. be wild. Uh, just like cousins. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That'd be fine. That would be wild. <laughs> Oh man, that's so cool. All right. So, so you were planning a trip, um, in 2019-ish and planning on going in 2020. You're looking at planning it again differently. I mean, that's a, there's two years, almost two years, two years, three years in there. I don't know, math. Um, what's, when you think about the trip that you were planning to Korea, in 2019 2020 and like the way that you think about it now has anything changed for you about like oh yeah actually i want to do xyz thing and that wasn't even on my radar or you know vice versa
2: no um there's a lot of stuff from jenna when she went and i you know we met up and i picked her brain about it so there's a list she wrote like this 45 page blog and i followed along every day reading like catching up so and i told her can you send me that and i've highlighted things um but it's still going to – I'm still going to spend a week in Makpo. You know, like that's that's kind of – and I'm also going to spend time with my dad's friends. But what I told my dad is, like, I'm going to – he loves to read too. I'm going to send you this blog. Tell me, like, between your friends, like, what are some things, like, they would have already done? And then I'm going to try to sprinkle in some of it. And if I have to take a third week to be there, I will. You know, like, I know, like, you can spend, like, a week just at – um uh, I think it's supposed to be pronounced Jeju – Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so I know people can spend a week there alone. Um, so there there are extra things after learning what she did. Um, and this is if I can't get into this program that is already planning to do you know a lot of these things with you. Mm Holt, you know, from what I've heard of the Holt program for their adoptees, is they really do like a very all inclusive, great kind of Picture is that of, like a, like a you know, return
0: to the motherland tour? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I did so, that when I went, I mean, I was only, I was like in middle school at the time. So take it through that lens of <laughs> me being very young. Uh, but it was, it was a whirlwind of stuff. Um, and very like, I mean, we went all over the peninsula and like got to see and do a lot of things. And I think that is, it is a cool way to experience korea um but i think like with the connection that your that your dad has and the network that he has like that would be so so valuable um just to to like be with koreans on the ground to kind of get that experience too so um i would i mean time allowing i would do both but uh yeah you can't go wrong either way
2: yeah and i'm hoping that's that's what it leads to like this initial trip i don't plan on like crossing this off my bucket list and being like all right i don't need to do that again i'm hoping like you know, this is one of multiple trips, you know, that just leads to whatever it is, you know, my background, education, um, and my experience is like, I want to get more involved with adoptees, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like, I've worked with children for the past 20 years. And when I like say children, I'm talking like all the way up to 18, mm-hmm. um, through my summer camp, through school, through coaching, soccer, coaching, archery, doing all that. Um, so I would like to just get more involved. And, my heart's going to be you know towards korean adoptees you know who you know need kind of like a mentor and support with different things so any way that i can get involved i will be looking to do that as long as it's within my bandwidth you know i'm not like burning myself out yeah that's awesome
0: gosh man i just think your story is so cool and and you have been so like the thing that's i think that i'm most impressed upon by where you are right now as just like the intentionality and the restraint and the, uh, just like the boundaries, like really healthy restraint and really healthy boundaries, because it, it can be a lot. Uh, we talk a lot on the show about like the coming out of the fog moment. I mean, it would be like if you would spent your whole life in the dark and suddenly saw the sun, um, it's just like, it can be really blinding and really overwhelming. And I I've just been so encouraged to see just this like very intentional, like, no, this is... I have, like, I am who I am and I'm going to add this back into my life as I can. Like, just that measure and that capacity I think is really wonderful. Um, And that's, in particular, it's not like a thing that I hear a lot. Um, In the stories that I hear, it's always like, I don't know, it's this whole new world and I'm so excited. I'm like, yeah, this is a great world and I'm going to take my time. I never get, like, that combination. So I'm just, I think that's really cool. Um, And I'm curious to, like... Do you think, has this shaped, do you think it will continue to shape the way that you enter into those education spaces, especially when you're working with students of color? Um, Like I know for me, it's like, it's taken me being around other people of color and hearing other authors or speakers or in, you know, entertainment, whatever, from people of color who celebrate their identities. And like that, that allows me to celebrate who I am. But in turn, like for you being an educator for, you know, I don't know, K through 12 or however, whatever the age range is, like, how do you anticipate this new kind of area that you're on shaping the way that you step into education?
2: So that's a great question, man. And I I love that you brought that one up because this is something I'm passionate about. Um, One of the big things in education that is really starting to take off is this whole idea of diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, and this is something like that is goes against a lot of district policies, especially within like private Catholic schools and things like that. So this ties in what I've been trying to, you know, realizing about myself and raising awareness to my own culture for myself um, ties into that element in, that is starting to flourish in education is, you know, what are the things that are holding different um uh, races nationalities from all s- getting that same level of quality education and equitable access to resources and all that and you know the stereotypes implicit biases that people have um you know the conversations right now in those states that are saying you know abolishing critical race theory and banning books that are trying to teach the true history of our country and, um, you know, we have two conf- like completely polar sides, you know, battling it out right now. And no one's trying to find like the gray area there, mm. you know, and it's something that, I, you know, I embrace that I have, um, I have a implicit bias. We all do. It's a product of how we were raised. My problem is when I realized that my implicit biases were against Asian people, not solely them, because I was raised in a white environment. So I was rate you your implicit biases stem from what you comfortable where you how you grew up, how you grew up and what you've been around your entire life molds that. And it it, this diving into implicit really kind of brings out like what we need to all work on individually. And I plan to fully keep pursuing um, learning more about Korean culture, along with other cultures as well. And advocating for everyone to just get outside their bubbles, learn about, you know, other foods like and there's so many kids, Korean, Korean, like has gone mainstream in American culture. It's it's they don't know it's Korean, you know, it's like they know it's Korean if it's like directly K-pop. But my kids, when I taught in Philly, they love a ton of Asian things, but they don't know how to label them, you know, like they think everything is Chinese. And it's yeah. when, when, and I still have, you know, parents that are like, oh, is that Chinese teacher still there? I was like, I taught your kid from kindergarten to sixth grade. And you didn't remember, like I'm Korean, like what, what's going on there? And I, and I have a big yin yang, like in my classroom <laughs> with my name, like adopted from South Korea, you know, like this, this whole, and I've done like activities with my kids where they do like crossword puzzles about Mr. D um, when they're getting to know me. And, and I'm sprinkling in like Korean culture things like one of his favorite foods is kimchi, you know, like and all these. So um, we're, I'm going to keep doing that. And teachers need it as well. They need to know, you know, like that they need to learn about other cultures and be able to have those conversations. And if they don't know, it's OK as long as they're willing to grow from it. You know, it's like you could say something wrong. You could assume something wrong as long as you're willing to reflect and be like, oh, all right, now I know for next time. But don't not speak up just because you're like, I don't know about it. Like, it's got that conversations have to start. People don't want to have a conversation because they don't know. That's like me with um, transgender and, um, you know, like uh, LGBTQ. I didn't know a lot of that a few years back, but I didn't Mm -hmm. I wasn't afraid to have those conversations. And now I do so now. Like I've taken active steps to be more inclusive to transgender LGBTQ and what kind of language that you're supposed to use, using pronouns and stuff like that. I wasn't hesitant. It's the same thing for people in understanding Asian culture. The differences between just understanding like Asian represents sixty percent of the world, not just like East Asian, which is what most people associate. You know the term Asians to we're 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 a we're a what's the word? It's um iceberg. We're an iceberg. You know, at the tip of the iceberg, it's Chinese, Japanese, and like Indian, Korean, and then underneath we have like all the other countries that are represented by Asia. And that model myth, you know, minority that that all comes into play, and the inaccurate, you know, stereotypes and labeling people for their successes and failures based off of their race. It, it's just that's ludicrous, and so I I plan to keep raising awareness for that and advocating for all the different social medias that are doing that as well. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Excellent. I mean,
0: that's, that's really fantastic. Yeah. yeah,
3: Really appreciate all of what you just said there. I mean, the fact that, uh, that you are in education and can and do that and uh, are willing to do that, I, I think is great. So, and the way you're doing it is a great, you know, model as well. The way that you're jumping into it, you know, um, you know at your pace is is perfect i think everyone will understand that as well that they don't have to if they don't want to and and if they do then they can do it at their own pace so i'm really appreciate everything that you said there well i i'm i'm thinking we should jump into a food now you
0: (laughs) yeah this feels like a good time for a break
3: i think the snacks uh snacks are calling our names so uh we will be right back uh in just a second with a snack Welcome back to the John Chi show food portion. Foodie,
0: foodie, 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 foodie. Yeah, <laughs> I
3: knew you were, I was just waiting for that. I wanted to see who you were going to say that. Food. Okay. Uh, <laughs> today, we just had a great interview with Paul DeGilio. Um, We have a snack that he was so gracious to go find as well at his local store. And this looks pretty good. This is a good choice. I'm glad you found this one because I have been eyeing this one. I have no clue how to pronounce it. It's. It says binch on the and of it. And then, B-I-N-C-H. Yeah, for the binch. listeners, that's Let uh, me just really spell that out before.
0: It's okay. We have an E rating on this. It's so, fine. Oh, wait, that's true. Uh, it is by Lote. The Korean just says binge. Oops. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm gonna Google Translate it real quick, but okay, I, see where they I can't got imagine it. it means anything.
3: Yeah. So look down at the bottom. It says biscuit. biscuit in chocolate is how they take the B I N C H. Biscuit. Um, wait. It's what? B I N C H.
2: N C H. Yeah. Biscuit. Oh, and biscuit
0: and yeah. chocolate. Oh, okay. Mm, you know, mm. like that very old timey American. Yeah. And. Biscuit, well, and bis- biscuit and chocolate. Biscuit and chocolate. I'm just gonna go with. That's binch. so weird. Binge. Yeah, you really got to hit like that e B sound, and not the not the short I sound. It sounds better. <laughs> yeah. But
3: it looks like it has, a, has a clearly marked
0: open label, which is exciting.
3: I mean, it looks like a. It's got big branding Lotte all over the front of it. Yeah, uh, you always it know like when it's
0: a Lotte product.
3: It looks very nice. As I say, it's a nice presentation Ooh. of a. Of yeah. A,
2: that's, chocolate. That chocolate ship on
3: there. Yeah. Oh, there's a nice. Yeah. That
2: that that was that's
3: pretty. I mean, solid. This could be a high quality Girl Scout cookie, right?
0: It's really good. It smells like mm. milk chocolate, like American level milk chocolate. Yeah. think is impressive. The cookie is good, and it's that chocolate's yep. pretty thick too. It's not a thin mm-hmm. layer.
2: I like that over coverage on that one side.
0: Hmm. Well, that's too. Oh, this tasty. is really good. Yeah. When I bit into it, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like it. But now that i finished it. I'm glad you sent me multiple. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. You're, I'm glad I got the large box. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you also have a family you could give it to. Yeah, my, my kids
3: like raid For me, my Junkie Snack drawer Sarah. here.
0: Oh, um, like- putting a plug about what we are talking about,
2: I have gotten Korean treats and given them out as incentives in my classroom Ooh. and turn mm. kids on to going home and them going home and be like, can we get these jellies to their parents? Then their parents <laughs> are emailing me like, Mr. D... Can you tell me where you get the jellies from? Like, my like my kid and, awesome. the right, and the other ones are like, I don't know how Korean they are, but the haichus, mm-hmm. my, I've got some kids that just are, like, obsessed with them now. They're hey, kind of like Korean starbursts. Are they Japanese?
3: No, I thought there was, there's a... I, I thought, thought Chew. I,
0: I, I don't know, but yeah, like, kind of the milk candy thing. Yeah, no, oh, that You Korean. already got them. All right. I don't know what uh, I'm thinking well, of, but yeah, I know is, what you're talking this about. This
3: one's made in China uh it is say product of japan
0: or does h because product
2: oh, man. of japan
0: oh
3: man <laughs> actually i always th- so uh high chews. i believe are japanese but isn't there like a like a michu Maybe yeah it's probably like a maichu one. that's the, the Chu. That's like <laughs> yeah.
0: the the Peppero and uh right wait shoot All what's right. the what's the more popular japanese one Poke. not more popular the the more pake, popular pake to american pepper-o. audiences okay yeah yeah yeah, Japanese pepperoni and pake. So. Anyways, I, back to the bench yeah. biscuit. Paul,
3: I, I do the same thing, by the way. So when my kids eat uh, Japanese or Korean or any Asian snack, really, and they take it to school, uh, other kids also, they're like, wait, what is that? What are you eating? Then they're, they're very curious about it. And sometimes, um, like one day, we, it was like a lunch thing, and my wife went, and she brought extra. So she shared it with all the other kids that were there, and they all loved it, and they were like, they they wanted more of it, and so yeah. I love that that just that introduction to um, these snacks. So yeah, that's a great yeah. idea for you to be giving those to your students. So. And
2: these, so I'll be using that with these bench crackers. <laughs> beans I, I, I'm gonna have to be careful with these. Uh, like kids are gonna just take think, think of it gonna be like what
3: B E E. Although beans. be careful because it does say contains wheat, milk, soybean, peanut, and tree nut.
2: Oh yeah, you know what that nut stuff mm. is gonna.
3: Yeah, the nut so one might yeah, be not gonna careful. fly. Kids are now. Uh, my call. kid's also allergic to peanuts, so um, it doesn't really say how much peanut is so in there. More actually, more for
0: Nathan is what oh, I'm right hearing. Now. Sorry, son, <laughs> I gotta eat them all. Sorry, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What's the most popular treat in your classroom that you brought, Paul?
2: Those jellies. I, I mean, I don't know if that's like those little kind of like cups. With jelly in them, um, cup with had, jelly in them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little uh, cup. Yeah, we we have those all the you time. You just too. like
2: slurp them out. Um, yeah. You can get them what? in, all, and some have like little, you know, fruit. pieces of fruit in them as
0: well. I'll send you some, KJ. I'm gonna. I was gonna say, I was like, I gotta go to a market and find some of that. <laughs> and some ginger
2: candies. I've gotten some ginger candies as well that the kids.
0: Or have uh, oh, wait, with. no, I'm thinking of those. Did you send us ginseng candies? I gave you ginseng candies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah.
3: I wouldn't uh, recommend candies. giving those to your kids.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Unless it's the kids you don't like. And then maybe you give one. You know what? Sometimes,
0: <laughs> though, I kind of crave them. I don't know. It's probably because well, I'm a 90-year-old so, at heart. It's yeah, fine. Yeah,
3: they're supposed to be healthy for you. I, I don't know. So now I'm curious. These. I wonder if they make other brands or other like types of chocolate or um like a white chocolate beach biscuits and yeah biscuits and chocolate. I don't know maybe there's another flavor too but I'll I'll keep looking. Keep my eye out. I don't know well, it's really good. Yeah, Paul, we'll let you start. We rate our stuff between 1 and 5. Um so how many uh how,
0: how many, many beaches do you give this? Would you cookie. give it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm going to give this one a solid 4. Oh okay. Yeah. Nice. I mean the, right. I I'm I'm trying not to eat another one right now. Like I'm I want to, like, save them, um, <laughs> but I could easily see myself eating like six of these in the morning or,
3: yeah.
0: After who needs breakfast or- when you have? Because
3: Patrick would already be on his eighth one, I think, right now. I mean, yeah. I'm a-
0: I just finished four.
3: <laughs> so, well, good. You're you're making up for making And, up I, for. and that
2: design on the, f- I, I really like that design as well. It'd be cool if they had different designs.
3: Mm-hmm. Like, oh, actually, no, have
0: you made know, like, ate, like they collectible biscuits? It's collectible, uh, actually,
3: they do. So, yours oh. the first one was a ship. Here, this one's yours. It's a uh, musical bar oh, wow. and staff.
0: Oh, and
2: this one's a, I have, this one's oh, a man. bike. Uh, it's a bike. A- it going the be real. Oh, wow, I have All not right, even
0: no. spent time looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <just> KJ <laughs> ate them too. Open quickly. package <laughs> placed directly <laughs> in mouth. You ate five. I've <laughs> Like you said the first time, like, oh, yeah, this one has a ship on it. And I was like, oh, really? I was already eating the first one <laughs> for later. You're like, oh, yeah, it might have different designs. Like, I don't have any more to look at. So uh, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to give this a perfect five out of five wow. ships. Uh, th- these are, for my palate, they are just like perfectly balanced. The chocolate's super smooth and creamy the biscuit is nice and like toasty and like yeah uh, this is this is real good real good 5 out of 5 that's what mm, I'm nice. I'm giving it yeah, yeah i mean i'm trying i don't think i have any i'm actually going to go look for more brb
3: compl- <laughs> i don't think i have any complaints i think these were just like he said uh very tasty good good uh, ratio of chocolate to biscuit crunchy small um i don't know if they needed to have them individually wrapped like this, like we were saying. Like, I think they could have put in like three or four of these into a, you know, into one little package, or because obviously, oh yeah, PJ's what's the serving size? PJ's eating five of them, but um, there should be, I would say, four. four. Yeah. So yeah, they should oh, put okay. four. I'm doing fine. Why don't we Wait, how many four calories is four in a bag? So I'm going to dock it a little bit for that. So I'm going to give it a four point seven five.
2: I didn't know we could do point point numbers.
3: <laughs> You can do whatever you want. We've even oh, had as uh, a lady, random uh, fractions, fractions before. Apparently, uh, KJ oh, wow. a couple of weeks ago rated his as a alphabet from F to, to A, so <laughs> he gave it a C rating. But uh, whatever he was eating, so
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna up it to like a four or five after learning that the different <laughs> artwork there is different stamped artwork. Ooh. I like that. Um, I'm the only a thing whole I... half of a point. Wow, mm,
3: for creativity and variety. Mm.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: I, I prefer dark chocolate over milk. So if they make one in dark chocolate, I think I would. that would be me.
0: You know, I'm with you. I generally uh, am uh, dark chocolate over not dark chocolate. But uh, I think actually that wouldn't fly quite as well. Like, I don't know. I, there's something about the particular combination, I think, of this milk chocolate and the biscuit that is just like, it's, it makes it real, I don't know, like the mouthfeel at the end. I could have mm-hmm. this all day. <laughs> Specifically the mouthfeel, not the cookies. And I KJ's could not have the new, cookies all day.
3: new guilty pleasure is <laughs> the binche. Bin- oh, I don't feel guilty
0: about it. It is strictly <laughs> pleasure.
2: <laughs> it's satisfying popping one, like the first one I bit and like, you know. No, the just, whole thing. I didn't want that's to just, a one biter. But the second one, like just pop, it's the, the crunch that you get from it is a very satisfying crunch.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oof, man, that's good. All right. So, uh, Paul, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? I know you were like, I'm working on the social media game, but if you're open to commu- to connecting with some other listeners of the show, CADs or CAD allies, um, yeah. Where can people find you?
2: Sure. So, um, I do have a, uh, Instagram and TikTok Except My Instagram is a school, like it has kids. So it's like, I have to keep that private. Um, so I don't know if I should share that one, but I do have a TikTok that, doesn't have any of that, and in it I actually do some kind of like funny kind of like parodies of things, like combining like my Italian and Korean culture. I put a video of me eating spaghetti with metal chopsticks. You know, I thought like, you were about
0: to say spaghetti with kimchi. Like what goes better with marinara sauce than kimchi?
2: So and that no, one Nathan, is... get
0: that get that <laughs> no, look is. off <laughs> your face. There's a whole nother story. I'll, I'll tell you that one later. All it right, actually,
2: um, it's coam dot educator. For TikTok.
0: K O A M dot educator. Yeah, okay. on TikTok. The thing I that I saw was you singing. TikTok promoter. Yeah, that's. A, I, I like think it. that's the first TikTok plug on the show. So like you're it. you've gone down in the history books of the John Chi show. <laughs> oh. um, I was just watching a TikTok where you were singing. You had rewritten the chorus of American Pie. Um, yeah. To, oh yeah uh, yeah. Be education to, related. To so when I
2: resigned. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Amazing. <laughs> Yep, and now job. it called me back. Um, what what kind of my first video on TikTok that went viral is um, when we went COVID, and I had to teach music from my basement, which which sucked, by the way. Um, I'm sure like you can't do anything fun like music wise when you're, you're doing saying, well, it virtually. Kids, here's theory, <laughs> but um, I was trying to figure out ways that they could do music at home. So like making instruments, you know, finding ways that they can make instruments using like a tissue box, a rubber band, taking empty bottles and putting rice and beans in there and shaking. And one of the things I did, I took these glass bottles and I filled them up with different levels of water. So they would be at different pitches. And I coordinated with our um, other teachers saying like, this could also be a science lesson. You could talk to them about like the physical properties, you know, of why the water is a higher pitch. And I played, um, I did the little mermaid and also did like super Mario brothers. And Mm -hmm. those kind of like, uh, they did kind of blow up, and I, I was at like a steady like fifty, sixty followers. I was like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Then these, and I jumped up to like a thousand in a day. I was like, holy <laughs> smokes, I'm an influencer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've made it. <laughs> I made it. I have a thousand followers. <laughs> That's awesome. Amazing. Well, we here at the Jonny Show are excited about tens of followers. So <laughs> maybe we'll get on your level one day. Yeah. Yeah, That's we amazing.
3: really appreciated all, all that you shared in the interview, and uh, and for coming on so, so last minute as well. Uh, thank you again for uh, you know for for uh, being available and for sharing your story. Um, oh. As always, you can find us John Chi Show at JustLikeMedia.com. KJ, you you've got the mem- the number memorized. Has anyone called in yet?
0: Oh yes, uh, I'm going to play it on our next solo episode. Okay. But someone did call in and just said roof. Specifically <laughs> roof, not not rough, roof. Roof. So And that's how okay. I say it. Roof. Roof. See? Can you say yeah. roof. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. You can just say rough. Say rough. You say, yeah. You, it's <laughs> some did. version of that. It's not quite it rough, rough, but it's it's more rough than roof. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, if you want to call in and leave us a message just the hottest (laughs) one second message of how you pronounce the word r-o-o-f that number is 972-677-8867 i think that's the dumbest call for voicemails i've ever put out but (laughs) leaving it out there uh otherwise you can find us at john chi show on all the social media platforms nathan said our email you can go to johnchishow.com to uh find out more or johnchishow.com slash support figure out how you can support the show Uh, I'm at KJ Relke on all the places that I want to be found on the internet I'm Walk on Instagram and Patrick is at Patrick in the world Um, send him some love life has been hard to him lately Uh, I think that is it for us Paul thank you again for coming on and until next week hopefully John C.